ahead. Spoilers ahead. Cheerio, hip hip and what what, my fine costermongers. Sit yourselves down here at Maximilian St. Michael's Cinematic Theatricals. We have plumb in the middle of quite a sausage, our series, When We Were But Sprats. Wherein, herewith and heretofore, we have a natter about the motion picturographies that dandied our lions when we were but squee sprogs. Lions? This Do we- you mean lions? <laughs> no, I did not. Oh. This week, it's a delightful bit of crumpet, the 1968 <laughs> Oscar-winning musical Oliver. You're a delightful <laughs> bit of crumpet. <laughs> Starring all sorts of rum blighters, with many a fine knees up for one and all. I'm your obviously jovial and kind-hearted host, Mr. Rumbly Bumbly Jumbly, <laughs> a.k.a. Max Levine. And sitting with his, with his cap in a most insolent fashion is the notorious Slice Black and Evil Heart. Or, as he is known about the old blighty, Mike Luce. Tulpip. <laughs> I would like to call you Octa Rumbly from now on, if that's okay. <laughs> It's very much not. <laughs> um, did you hurt yourself writing that? Because uh... I did not. I just I couldn't help it. That mo- this movie just got me so bloody English. It's uh, it's pretty British. <laughs> it's very much. So. I mean, even though it's an American production and the Americans How? played like ninety. Per- it, it's a Hollywood production. It was a ninety. 90% of it was paid for by an American by the American studios, but ninety percent of the cast is British. Uh, was there any that weren't? Yeah, but they didn't have any speaking parts. Ah, okay. <laughs> so the stone wall, the fake snow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yep, you know, man with box. Oh, I love him. <laughs> he he did it. I thought he really walked away with the movie. Wow, because <laughs> knees up sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> no, no, that's that's a term for a dance. Is it? It's, it's, it's not one of those walk. Morris dances, is it? Oh, God, I hope not. I, I don't really know. I will give this movie credit before we go any farther. There is, in fact, no Morris dancing. Nope, not not a twirling hanky to be seen. Oliver! Because it has an exclamation Oliver. point. So yes! It's like cats! <laughs> no, it does Actually, have an exclamation thankfully, it's point. nothing like cats. Thank God it is not. No. There is not a jellicle to be seen. Oh, I hate that word. In right. fact, there aren't even any cats. There's a dog. Yes. I don't think well, there are well, any we'll cats to him. and an owl, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no but first, cats. business. Yes, business. Notice. Uh, so, no doubt, uh, you're list- if you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to this podcast. Yay! And you may have found it one of our many places. You can, of course, find our entire back catalog at our website, maxmikemovies.com, where you can also uh, purchase much uh, all our fine merchandise. <laughs> yeah, one of these days well, we have to make some. Someday we're going to have some fine merchandise and people can purchase it. Hey, if anybody uh, wants some merchandise, why don't you let us know what you'd like? Yeah, yeah, you want like Max Bite movies, caps, mugs, plush dolls of us, briefs. <laughs> Good lord, boxers, coffee uh, creamer. Yeah. <laughs> or hey, how about Not, a t-shirt that just says "Toss Don't Stack" on it? I'm sure you'd all love oh, that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> That's it. We got you know t-shirts with "Toss Don't Stack." What's up with Zangief's ass? Yeah, yep. I think we get into copyright problems with that. So. Hey, well, well, we'll spell Zangief wrong. <laughs> Can you spell it right? <laughs> I I can't. No. Okay. But anyway, sure so please could. continue. Yeah, Everyone sorry, needs yes. to know this information. We've only given to them 81 times previous <laughs> to this. Yep. Yep. Uh, you can, of course, listen to us on the podcast of our choice, which is the Google Podcast app or the Apple iTunes Podcast app. 
You can find us also on Spotify. Spotify. And you can follow us on the social medias that are so popular over at Facebook or Twitter at Max Mike Movies. How can you email us? Can you do that? No. Oh, good. It's impossible. It it's can't impossible. Be done. Except Put a Cadillac in your nose. <laughs> it's just impossible. You can, in fact, email us with uh, suggestions, comments, quotes, what have you, which will maybe find their way into the show Ooh. at us at MaxMikeMovies.com. Anything you send us is ours, ours, ours! <laughs> but you could be nearly as famous as us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nope, yes, I you said could literally nearly. have You could have dozens of listeners, too. I, uh, I think that's pushing the numbers a bit. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Crabwell Corners, <laughs> I think, is tuning in this week. <laughs> maybe Mount Pilot. <laughs> yeah, it could be Mount Pilot. Well, if Sarah gets the connection right. <laughs> Andy! Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so Yep. <laughs> yes, Goober. <laughs> Gary! Uh, That's Gomer. Oh, <laughs> right. I think it's it's, That's an important <laughs> distinction, damn it. Pardon my mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. One of them sings. Uh, So that's all the business. So is it time for you to get to the important information about this week's movie? Oliver! Yes, yes. There are many trivials and significals. The show. This movie was directed by Sir Carol Reed. Yes, it's a guy. Even though it's spelled like, like the girl's name. Uh, he he is probably best known for di- for directing what is one of Mike's favorite movies, The Third Man. Yes, and if you have not seen it, this is a noir of exceeding quality. It was shot in just post-war Vienna, so it looks and feels like post-war Vienna. It's got great performances by Joseph Cotton and um, Orson Welles. Uh, it's a really cool plot. It's got actually a Bond um, affiliate. The, the Bernard Lee, who plays M, mm. is in the film. If yep. you have not seen it, I've seen this film many times, even a few times in the theater. Highly recommend it. The Third Man. Please go on. Yep, seriously. Uh, most of the actors in this movie, probably not all that well known. Ron Moody, who plays Fagan, who was nominated for Best Actor, probably one of the bigger names, as is Oliver Reed, who plays Bill Sykes. Oliver Reed is probably best known as uh, Athos from the Michael York Three, Muske- uh, Three Musketeers movie. His last role was as Proximo in the Russell Crowe Gladiator movie. He actually died while they were making that movie. You, Yeah. Maybe they just propped uh, him up or something for his final scene. No, they digitized his face and put it on somebody else for the mm-hmm. last couple of scenes. Yikes. Ooh. And yes, as I, I know Mike noticed this right away, the artful Dodger is played by a young Jack Wilde, who is better known as Jimmy from H.R. Puffin Stuff. Because you can't do a little if you can't do enough. Nope. He also played Much the Miller's Son in Robin Hood, Prince of Costner. Ah. Yeah. Uh, The little boy who played played Oliver is Mark Lester. He was, in fact, nine years old. Yeah, yeah, I Uh, couldn't tell that. Yeah. He didn't go on to do a great deal. He stopped acting in 1977 and became an osteopath. Um, I think he actually might have stopped acting sometime in 1968. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, the budget of this movie was about $10 million. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's one of the, th- the other things. Everything you see is a set. That is not filmed in London. It's all filmed in a studio. Uh. They built the square. They built all of that. That was a very expensive production. Ah. And it took in $77.5 million. Yikes! So, this was a serious success. Dang. 
Yeah, they say at the beginning this this book is freely adapted for this movie is freely adapted from or based loosely on the Charles Dickens novel 1837 novel Oliver Twist. We'll get to that later. Mm. This movie won 5 Oscars. It did? Yep, best picture, Carol Reed's only win as best director. Uh. Yeah. Best Art Direction, Set Direction, Best Sound, Best Score, mm. and a special honorary award for the choreographer, Anna White. Yeah, we're going to get to the choreography, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I don't Best Picture, I, I, well, I have to look and see who else was up there, but I don't know about that. Best Sound, uh, no, there's some really bad dubbing in there. But yeah. the visuals and the dancing, apart from where it takes place, yeah, all that other stuff, mm-hmm. I can see it, because it's actually pretty visually... It's very impressive visually. Yeah, well, we'll get to that, too. <laughs> yep, yep, we'll get there. Um, Mark Lester, <laughs> perhaps not the greatest actor. For one thing, he couldn't <laughs> simulate tears. So they actually put fresh-cut onions under his eyes during the Where is Love song. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah, get to is, that, too. Yeah, that's probably one of the most <laughs> tedious songs in there. Uh, when filming the scene where Oliver gets his first peek at Fagin, Fagin's treasure... Uh, the director, Carol Reed, who was a real stickler for detail, he would do 50 or 60 takes mm-hmm. for some sh- some scenes. He wasn't satisfied with the way Mark reacted. So <laughs> while reshooting the scene, uh, he hid a small white rabbit in his pocket and stood behind the camera. And when Ron Moody opens a box of treasures, Reed pulled out the rabbit and showed it to Lester. And that's what he's reacting to is the, the sudden appearance of a rabbit. So the utter uh, confusion is because he can't parse what a rabbit is. Okay. Apparently. <laughs> uh, both Jack Wilde and Oliver Reed wore lifts in their shoes in this movie. Oliver Reed is a big man. He's like 5'11", but they wanted him to loom over everybody. Oh. And uh, Jack Wilde, even though he was 15, six years older than Mark Lester, who played Oliver, he was still shorter. Yeah, he, he never got over that. But also, yeah. loom? Most of the cast is 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> How hard do you yeah. have to work to loom over a 10-year-old? Well, when they're in the bar sequence, oh. he's uh, looming yeah. over everybody there. Uh, one of the big secrets of this movie that was not revealed until 20 years later, although I doubt it shocks a lot of people now, Mark Lester did not do his own singing. What? Yeah, yeah control, your, you might want to lie down for a minute. Yeah, what it nice young done- lady did it? It was a. It was the daughter yeah, of know. Johnny Green, who was the music arranger and supervisor on the film. His daughter Kathy. Uh, Johnny revealed this for the first time publicly in 1988 on the 20th anniversary of the film. He says that Mark Lester was, and this was, I think, the polite way, tone deaf and arrhythmic. You could tell. Yeah, he I mean, can't sing, can't dance. I'm glad they picked him. Yeah, he originally had two boys set to dub his singing, but during post. They realized their voices didn't really match Mark's look, so they used the girl instead. Because that worked really well. And we'll yeah. get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, the composer of the very respected Oscar-winning score, Lionel Bart, who was apparently a real charm to work with, they wouldn't let him near the production because he was apparently volatile. Hmm. He couldn't read music. He never could. In his earliest days in the theater, he'd sing his melodies to a p- trained piano player who would then set the tunes down on uh, sheet music and orchestrate them. Huh. Yeah. Mark Lester recalls how he and the other children were terrified of Oliver Reed throughout the production because Reed stayed in character as Bill Sykes whenever he was on set. As well they should have been. I want to say right off the bat, 
uh, that guy, Bill Sykes. Yeah. Holy crap, he is very, he, very creepy. He is terrifying. Yeah. I remember being scared of, scared to death of him as a kid. And we'll get to him. One of the big scene stealers was Fagin's owl. Because <laughs> every time Carol Reed yelled action, the bird would spin its head 180 degrees. <laughs> Well, it certainly outacted Mark What's his name playing Oliver. That's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there were some complaints of nepotism because Oliver Reed is the nephew of Sir Carol Reed. Oh, however, he claimed he had to persuade his his uncle to to consider him for the part, and he had to audition and do screen tests. Well, regardless, he's one of the better actors in this movie. He really is. He's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ron Moody, who plays Fagin. Actually had a very thick East London Yiddish accent. Oh, is he, he had Jewish? To tone, he, oh, he's 100% Jewish. Oh. And he had to tone it down for the uh, especially compared to the 1960 stage version, which he where he played Fagin again. Partly because he was worried it would be unintelligible to American audiences, and partly to avoid accusations of anti-Semitism. In his autobiography, he said he also changed his accent for the film. Because a Jew in England in, 19, in 1837 would not have had that accent. Mm, the sort no. of what's considered to be the traditional stereotypical Jewish accent, at least in England, were from the Jews from Germany and Poland, and that he didn't show up till late in the 19th century. I don't think anyone really would have called him on that. Uh, well, the anti-Semitism, I, yeah, we'll get to that, but it's like, how odd when it comes from somebody of a Jewish persuasion. Yeah. It's okay. very different. That's one of we'll get to this too. But it's one of the big differences of the book is we are Fagin is one of the most famous Jewish villains in all of literature. He's up there with Shylock. Is he actually mentioned and as being Jewish in the book? Every time, ah. he is always referred. He is rarely referred to by name. He is referred to as the Jew. Ah, and of course, I, I much as I love Alec Guinness, I never quite forgave him for his portrayal of Fagin. In the old black and white version of, of uh, Oliver Twist, which was, I think, from the 40s, because he's wearing about five pounds of nose. He's got <laughs> his hairs all greasy and stringy. He speaks with a lisp. He does every English cliche of the Jews he can. Your nose is going to be three feet across your face. You don't <laughs> shut up. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, when uh, Is his performance in that as equally, um, how should I put this? Um, as equally sensitive as his portrayal as a Japanese man in, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, okay. it's right up there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm the sure Jap it's, I'm sure it's no Marlon Brando and Tiaz <laughs> Yagen's God, but hey, or what Mickey is Rune, Mickey Rooney in, oh. <laughs> in Breakfast at Tiffany's? No, but uh, yeah. honestly, his role as Mister Asano, he plays that down a lot compared to Fagin. <laughs> Culture, oh yeah, culturally sensitive, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Culturally, like I say, F uh, Ron Moody had played Fagin to great success on the London stage, but uh, he was not the first choice. Uh, Peter Sellers and Peter O'Toole both turned down the role. All right, Peter Sellers, I could maybe see because he can yeah. be almost anything he wants. Peter, yeah, Peter O'Toole? Yeah, you know who else was considered, and how would this work? Dick Van Dyke. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, thankfully he was a Jewish-looking fella. Well, actually, I think that was in my trivia last week. He uh, he turned down the role of Fagin, so... Yeah, yeah. He'd be in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> oh, oh uh, just a little thing. When Mark Lester find, got his, finally got his payment for the film at the age of 18... because when you're cents. under it, When you don't know, he made a lot of money, but... Uh, shouldn't. <laughs> it was put in trust for him. He went out and bought a Ferrari. Ah. Yeah. Uh, I hope he enjoyed it. <laughs> In the lyrics to the song Be Back Soon, 
you know, mm-hmm. where Fagan's sending his boys out. There's a line in there they changed to, there's a line about nosy policemen. The original line is Bow Street Runners, because they figured the American audience wouldn't catch the reference. And they'd be right. They would be right. The Bow Street Runners were one of the first police forces in England, uh, run by a guy named Henry Fields back in the late 18th, early 19th century. They were just a small, privately funded police force. They didn't last very long, and the office was on Bow Street. Ah. Yeah, the first actual police force, the so-called Bobbies, started by Robert Peel, Sir Robert Peel, uh, didn't show up until 1825. Now, is that why they're called Bobbies? That is exactly why they're oh. called Bobbies. Or they were also called Peelers. Last name was Peel. <laughs> I have some potatoes that aren't doing anything. Are you yeah, busy? I assume, that, I assume that's why they stuck with Bobby's because Peelers is confusing. Oh, well, that's good to know. Now I know. And yeah. knowing is half is the half battle. Is half the battle. <laughs> uh, in the song Boy for Sale. Yeah, that was shot we'll get to Ju- that too. That was shot in July of 1967, <laughs> uh, despite the required snow setting. The exterior shots depended on adequate cloud cover due to the somewhat erratic weather in London. The snowballs were made of polystyrene, salt, crazy foam, and mashed potatoes. That's not a proper snowball. It's made of polystyrene. <laughs> Give me back my snowball. No. <laughs> I want to be on television. No. <laughs> uh, most of the sets were in the open air. Most viewers didn't realize the film was filmed entirely in a studio. Wow. Oh, in the original Broadway production, the Broadway production, the American one, the Artful Dodger was played by a future terribly famous person. Future monkey Davy Jones. <laughs> he okay. was nominated for a Tony in 1963 for Best Featured Actor in a Musical. Uh, you, you mean like a Tony Perm? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Huh. Well, yep. there you go. Well, Mickey Bolt Dolans was on a show called Circus Boy, which none of us has seen, so you never nope. know. Uh, the cast actually rehearsed for six months before they shot a single frame. Including Mark, what's his name? Including Mark Lester. Really? Six months, yeah. huh? Hmm. Yep. Uh, this <laughs> and they was still the, didn't figure it out. <laughs> they still didn't quite get it right. The, uh, <sighs> this was the last musical to win the Academy Award for Best Picture until Chicago in 2002, Boo. 34 years later. Boo. There were a bunch that were nominated that didn't win. Hello, sure. Dolly, Fiddler on the Roof, Cabaret, Moon all, that Rouge, jazz. all That Jazz. Yeah. Beauty, even Beauty and the Beast, if you want to count that. I don't. Uh, also, as of 2013, in the writing that I read, and I think this is still true, this was the last G-rated family film to win Best Picture. Oh. Well, yeah. I'm not sure about Life of Pi, but... I don't think that was G-rated. With the, the animated tiger? Yeah, but it's... Uh, yeah, I, yeah, think, I think that was PG, yeah. yeah. Uh, the cast included 84 boys between 8 and 15 years of age, and a member of Parliament, the English Parliament, suggested that they were being exploited just as the depicted orphans had been. Uh, the filmmakers replied that they were the ones who needed protection more than the boys did <laughs> due to the rowdy nature of the production. I don't know what you summer. mean. I'm sure they were all little <laughs> angels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wouldn't you want to be around 85 prepubescent and adolescent boys? I don't want to be around two. <laughs> The whole Who Will Buy sequence yeah. took six weeks to film. Tripes. Uh, and uh, according to uh, Oliver Reed's granddaughter, Lucy Fox, Bill Sykes' terrier, his bull terrier, which is basically a pit bull, it's spent not. a long time in makeup to make him look downtrodden and neglected. Apparently he was a very healthy, cheery dog. They had to tape his tail underneath him to keep him from wagging it all the time. <laughs> the Bull Terriers are not pit bulls. Totally different. Oh, they thing. aren't? No, pit oh. bulls an American breed. 
Okay. Um, the Bull Terrier, though, uh, uh, as I referred to in my notes, is Frank and Weenie. Kind of what <laughs> it it does look like. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carol Reed did, oh had God. a different... What? Oh, there's a lot of trivia. There is tons. I'm leaving out a lot. Carol Reed had uh, someone else in mind for Nancy. He wanted Dame Shirley Bassey. Oh, that's, that's kind of mean to her. Well, that, there's some good songs. She had some good songs. No, she I know, but the part is um, she's um, a working girl. <laughs> so, yeah, the, his choice was rejected by the Hollywood studio because they thought the public wasn't ready for a black Nancy. I, yeah. I just think I would like to have, it's like, oh, look, there's one black character and she happens to be a lady of the ill repute. Uh, although, to be fair, there's really... I'm trying to think, are there any women characters? Well, the, the maid's not too bad. <laughs> it's really like, there's not a lot of great women parts in this film. So No, they cut out a lot of the ones from the book. The book, and we'll get a little into this, I don't want to go too nuts, the book is very different from the movie, especially the ending for Fagin and the Artful Dodger. Because in this, they go off together to continue a life of crime in this sort of father-son relationship. I'm, gu I'm guessing they got caught and killed. Uh, Fagin is hanged at the end of the book, and the Artful Dodger is transported to prison overseas, which was pretty much a death sentence back then. There you go. So, yeah. That's Dickens. That's oh, our that, Dickens. <laughs> that's our Charles. So, the movie itself. The plot, you know, the musical, as I said, is very loosely based on the Nick Charles Dickens novel. That's Dickens with two Ks, the well-known Dutch author. Ah, in that case, we don't have any. Yes. Oliver, a young orphan, has spent his entire life of nine years in a hideous workhouse. Not learning to so sing. Yeah, sold off to a mortician for the heinous crime of asking for more gruel at mealtime, Oliver runs away to London to, to make his fortune. There he runs into many colorful characters, including Jack Dawkins, a.k.a. the Artful Dodger, a boy pickpocket working for the mini-crime lord Fagin, who runs a ring of young thieves. Hijinks ensue, <laughs> Oliver is drawn into strange plots and a very brief life of crime. There's singing, dancing, and an adorable uh, bull terrier named Bullseye. In my notes, I still have Pitbull. In the end, the wicked are punished, sort of, and, the, and Oliver ends up in a fancy house, which is the Victorian version of Happily Ever After. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. There, the plot is fairly light. It, stri it strips an enormous amount out of the uh, original material. And now, the flim, the lowdown. So, Max, I would like to yeah. start off asking you a question. You yeah. said this is your choice for when we was kids, or I yeah. have no, I cannot pronounce what you said in British. Uh, <laughs> but we were wee sprogs. So you have not had seen this in a very long time. In I have not seen this in decades. So what was your memory of it? That you chose this as one of the films, so I assume that you remember liking it. I did. I remembered. Li it's funny. I remembered liking it, and I remember profoundly not liking the song Who Will Buy This Wonderful Morning, which I, is the one everybody went nuts over. And I really? have to say, that song I liked a lot better this time. That's not the song that I couldn't stand. No, the song no, that there I were others. The song I couldn't stand is Where Is Love. Yeah, I have never true. heard that song sung well. The only version <laughs> I'd heard before this was sung by Leonard Leonard Nimoy. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was on a Star Trek record I had uh, when I was a kid. Oh, and, God. Um, quite honestly, he's only a shade better than whoever it was that dubbed Mark... Ooh, what's his name? Lester. Yeah. yeah. Whew. So... Okay, but, so so you do remember liking it. So uh, cause, I do. Because films in this series could also just be films that had an impact and we'd like to see again. But, okay. Um, I want to say right from the start, 
they are pushing the dickens right in our face because we open a scene of these kids on this i don't know what do you, would you call that a work wheel or something where they have to walk all oh, day so oh, they can... they're they're on a mill wheel they're mill, yeah. uh, on a they're on a kind of a tr- uh, pebble treadmill that's designed to grind grain yeah so yeah. i was like oh yeah they don't this, get around is this oliver or the wall <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do expect them to start going we don't need education <laughs> and i wouldn't be a bit surprised to find out that that was kind of based on sort of not only a Dickensian flavor, but like the visuals in this film, because it's really mm. like kind of, I would, I don't know. I'm thinking musical, happy, exciting. And it's like, Oh, yeah. well, that's, that's the thing. This musical is very different than the book in tone. Uh, D- Dickens meant this novel as a condemnation of the child labor and how there were like there are there were no child labor laws in London at oh, I, all. I think this movie gets that point across fairly well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he really hammers it home. To him, mm. the workhouses are one of the worst places. It, the second, the worst, of course, was Debtors' Prison, where he grew up. Mm. But uh, he, he hated the workhouses. He hated the idea, and those were very real. Children were used as slave labor. There's no other word for it. Yeah, uh, mostly orphans, foundlings, kid, kids whose parents just were too poor to take care of them. Half elves, dwarves, hobbits. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, so there's songs in this film that I, for some reason, I just did not know they came here, or I utterly forgot they came from here. And the first one is one of those, which is "Food, Glorious Food," but um, mm. doesn't exactly uh, jump, does it? That uh, rendition of uh, no, it's a little. Well, it's all children there. <laughs> I know, they but got, it's like at least I, they stay on key. They, well, all but one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do like I I did like when when of course they they all they, I guess they make him pick string and whoever gets the long string has to go yeah, up and ask for with, more. Yeah. Uh, Oliver goes and asks for more, and the reaction of the whoever's playing the 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 I don't know what is he the guard or the, the oh that's no he's the uh, sort of the beetle that's Mister Bumble. I don't honestly know if I can take in enough breath to do his reaction, but it was basically <gasps> more. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, that's Harry Seacombe, <laughs> noted British comic actor. That well, he was pretty funny. I mean, besides oh, yeah. being absolutely horrible, because but also yeah. a gorgeous voice when he's singing "Boy for Sale" in that incredible baritone. Yeah, well, it's yeah. like holy crap. We'll, we'll get to that song in a second. But one of the things I didn't understand is like, so they basically go Oliver into going up and asking for more Gruel, um, yeah. and he does, and of course this causes him to get into trouble. And as soon as he does, and he's being chased around, all the kids are against him, and I'm like, huh? That's actually a very you know, that was actually very realistic, in a, in like a prison situation. Uh, it's not uncommon for other inmates to turn on someone that the authorities are mad at. I am because it's I'm, all it's I'm, all about. Thank God it's not me. I'm hoping this is not from um, personal experience. <laughs> Max, no. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, Max has never been to prison. All I right. have not. Um, so that's fine, I guess. Um, yes. But it starts a tone. I mean, food, food, glorious food. I mean, okay, it's a bunch of starving kids who only get to eat cream of wheat, um, <laughs> which, I mean, that's what it looks like. I'm sure gruel is. is worse than that. It's probably like triple boiled it's, oats or something horrible. Yeah, it's, it's uh, with, green. With it's, a it's shoe for le- flavor. Yeah, it's uh, basically just barely enough to keep you alive. But then they, so there's like, up, oh, you know, we're going to have to get rid of this Oliver because he's not good enough anymore for the worker houses. Uh, no, no, he's a troublemaker. So they take him out and they sing this song. They're traveling through London town in very, very fake snow. Um, yeah. 
singing boy for sale and they're trying to sell this boy okay this may have some historical like significance and some historical accuracy but um that song has um other connotations but no first of all no slavery was illegal in england long before it was illegal in this country yeah you couldn't buy and sell people this is more of an exaggeration yeah but it's in effect what would happen you would uh they would call it something else. He was a bond servant or, or right. an apprentice or some such. But, yeah, you could basically take these orphans and sell them, buy and sell them. They, that's how they got a lot of chimney sweeps. Well, we see them later, too, and they're, yeah. they're really happy because their, their pants are on fire. But, you know. Well, they're um, liars. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to say, this, uh, this film was not going to make people into anglophiles uh that's mm-hmm. uh yeah but anyway yep. so we we get to see very early on that uh mark what's his name leonard no not mark lester lester mark lester uh, has quite a range it uh, ranges from moments of i'm gonna say actually pretty pretty excellent to really really bad <laughs> and unfortunately yeah. that range tends to uh display itself rather quickly i am not sure how much of a stage background this kid had he was yeah, there are times he's very good in this movie, but he's not consistent. No, no, he gets to, he gets sold to an undertaker because we know that's going to end well. Oh yeah, and soon causes trouble there and gets thrown into the brightest lit basement I've ever seen. And we get that song. Who mm. uh, I don't know who again the the, daughter, the the filmmaker's daughter, whoever it was, she can't hit all the notes either. And quite honestly, it's a terrible song. It's not a very good song. There are so many more better songs in this movie. There are. And they then come up with, you know, he runs away. Right. I don't know what it was about Dickens and children traveling. He loves doing that. David Copperfield, it's in hard times. He loves having kids on the road. Yeah. And uh, he gets to London and he runs right into... That's another thing you have to watch for. This is, it became such a thing with him. It's called the Dickensian coincidence. Yeah. Just so many things just sort of work out or strangely happen. He did this all the time. He just happens to bump into the greatest pickpocket in all of London. This this little kid, the artful Dodger. And boy, he couldn't look more Dodger if he tried. Like yeah, everybody yeah. else is like, you know, oh, it's dark gray and browns and all these colors. And he's got a top hat and a bright blue <laughs> coat and a big tie. And it's like, man. like He looks you- great. He looks like a, t- like a kid's idea of a toff. He does. But here's something that I thought was kind of weird. And one of the points where I'm going to actually uh, put up a little chalk mark on the I don't think he knows how to act side. When Oliver first sees Dodger, quite honestly, it looks like he's eyeing him up. <laughs> oh, good Lord. It really? does. He's like, he's, <laughs> he's his eyes nine. are wide. He, I know, but his eyes are wide and he's got this kind of co- coquettish smile. And it's like, what? Did they just fall in love? What, what, I, is, thought what just, are they I thought he here? just liked the outfit. I, I guess, but that's not. Kid, right. kid can't act. Kid can't act. Kid can't act. That's, that's what I'm. <laughs> but it's like, I swear. It's like, I think he likes him a little. That's weird. But we do get one of the better songs. Right we get there. one of the biggest production numbers in the movie. And that's when all. When, uh, Dodger is saying, you know, you can come along with me. I, I know a gentleman who will give you free lodgings. Hey, okay. yeah, and he, they he do this song, Consider Yourself at Home. And it has one of the most bizarre, bizarre stagings of any mu- movie musical I've ever seen. Co- this is one of the things I really <laughs> like, because t- we had talked about the dance numbers of the 60s. Yeah. this is, There's some of that, but the thing I like is they incorporate what's actually going on. Yes, they in do. In London, with the dancing. People I are don't still know why. Going- 
Uh, they and it works. I think it's great. It's like suddenly you know people are you know grinding malt in in, in unison and they're cleaning bottles. They to the, dance to through a meat market. They <laughs> dance through yep. many many hanging sides of beef. And yes, in fact, and we see one a guy point, hack one of them in half, <laughs> and they dance through it. I'm just like. <laughs> These people are dancing through meat. They're literally dancing through meat. And then there's fishmongers, and he knocks fishmongers over. And quite honestly, although this is way before this other movie, I got a real sense of the um, every sperm song from uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life. I think I wouldn't be surprised if that was if they were parodying, if not that scene, that style. I mean, there's literally like all the money spent to show none of the money. Like, mm. it is everything, like, dirty, and, like, I, I swear they didn't, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't go into another Undertaker's for this. Like, I'm trying mm. to think of what dirty job they didn't <laughs> dance and sing through. It was just, and it's, and the ending shot is spectacular. They pull way back, and, you know, now that I know this is a set, it's even more spe- spectacular, but it's like... I don't know, 200, 300 feet deep of everybody in sync dancing in this yep. dirty, horrible Dickensian street. <laughs> and it is spectacular, but it's like, it, Yeah, yeah, it's spectacular, but you want everyone to have a shower right away. Yeah, and, and right from the start, this is perhaps the grayest music, musical I have ever seen. Yeah. Um, color was something that wouldn't be invented for another 50 or 60 years. The Dodger is <laughs> about the only character until we get to the rich people that has any color at all. Otherwise, Otherwise, everybody's that, grays and browns. That's a big thing, and uh, and it works in uh, Dickens's version of London. There is a very stark contrast between the poor parts of London and the rich parts. The rich parts, there's bright colors, everything is sparkling clean. There's well, flowers and such, and even in then the it's, poor parts, it's all grim and grimy. Yeah, it's mm, yeah. it's an odd choice for a musical. Let me just start off and it, say it that. is a very. Str- I, I got to tell you. I've read the book a couple of times. It is not a friggin' children's book. This no. is a dark, nasty condemnation of London society and the way the children are treated, and there's death and horrible stuff. Well, it can't be that bad. They're all singing. <laughs> <laughs> no one sings in that book, I'll tell you. Then he Dodger teaches, treats him, uh, sorry, takes him. No. On rented lips, <laughs> take, 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 takes him to meet Fagin and yeah. the boys. I love the part where Fagin, the kids are all going, "Hey, there's there's mold in these sausages." He says, "Shut up and drink your gin." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we we have a moment where there's a little bit of light in this musical with "Consider Yourself," except of course again dancing and singing through meat and dead fish, <laughs> and then. We get the Pick a Pocket or Two song, and yeah. we're right back into the darkness. Cause, yes, yeah. this is a song about teaching kids to be thieves. Yeah. And it's saying, you've, you know, if you want money, you have to steal it. That's yeah. the whole message of the song. And I'll tell you something. Fagin in the movie is a lot nicer than he is in the book. In the, in the movie, Fagin is more of a comic figure. He's also, there's a sense that he cares about the kids. And he certainly likes Dodger, and he likes Oliver. And, you know, he's worried about money because he's Jewish. This is, and, in, the, uh, this is in the movie. This is in the movie. Okay. I, in the book, he is this scheming, cold-hearted mastermind. He, the implication in, in the movie is that Bill Sykes is sort of the big bad. Right. It's not. And, oh, no, in the book, Fagin is the puppet master. He, everyone is dancing to his tune. Mm. He is the powerful figure. That's why he has to die at the end. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, no, here, he's almost a comic figure. And I am sorry, I love watching Ron Moody, Ron Moody dance. He does have this very, he's very light on his feet, and he's got this almost balletic mm. prance. Not not, he, not, in, not in a gay way. But, so skinny. God, you yeah. see his legs, they look like toothpicks, but he yeah. just prances around and is so so light on his feet. I think it's a lot of fun. And but it's when still they do, very dark. <laughs> it's still extremely dark. And hey, just, just as a clue, it's not going to get much brighter. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. When Bill's when we first see Bill Sykes. Oh wait, before we get there. Oh yeah. So uh-huh. so so the kids are put to sleep. Fagan goes out and <laughs> goes to this good. Yeah. Fagan goes out to this this local, I don't know, gambling slash whorehouse Drinking place. Hole, yeah. And for those of you who play the uh, video game Skyrim, it feels a lot like the skank town of Rifton. Um, which is a okay. town Yeah, which is a town that feels so dirty and nasty that as a player in this video game, I don't like to spend much time there. <laughs> Not play. It's like that's where you meet the Assassins Guild and stuff. And I'm I'm kind of surprised we don't get an Assassins Guild song. However, we get in there, and then Bill Sykes shows up, and the first thing I think of is snicked. Um, <laughs> but the best yeah. thing is, as he walks into the gambling parlor, Nancy, the first words she sings are "small pleasures," and I'm like, uh, I think that's a comparison that they didn't mean to make. <laughs> Because when he appears, you don't see him at first. You see no. his shadow, this huge yeah. shadow. And, and, Fagan, and Frank and Weenie. <laughs> is immediately like, ooh, uh-oh. Yeah. And people who see him, they all move out of his way. He's obviously the big dog. Well, it's also pretty cool because uh, when he when Fagan has mentioned Bill Sykes and the other kids mentioned Bill Sykes, and Oliver asks who's Bill Sykes, and they just say that nobody's going to answer him. Like yeah. they, they drop it, and he he gets the idea. Oh, I guess I, oh, either I should know or I shouldn't know. Yeah. But we're wondering. It's like oh, maybe it's some British, you know, name that means some amazing person at there. It's like no, no, it's a real person. And he's just across the street. And uh, yeah, there's even yeah. a line in the song uh, "Pick a Pocket or Two where they say, you know, old Bill Sykes. Can, can flag anything he wants. Basically, right. he can just steal whatever he wants, wherever he wants, but we're not Bill Sykes, so we've got to pick a pocket or two. Right, and uh, when Bill shows up and, and is laying out his, his stuff for Fagan, and there's, boy, there's an, a real tension between those two, because you can tell yeah. Bill Sykes is like, yeah, I know that none of the fences will talk to me because I scare the crap out of them, so I still have to deal with you, but as soon as I can get around that, that's ending. Yeah. And you can tell Fagan is like, I don't like this guy. I'm afraid of him. But he gets the best stuff. Yeah, he's pulling and, out gold and silver and yeah. like gold goodies. And you know that he's that Fagan's giving him a fraction of what it's worth. And Sykes has no idea because Sykes, he has a lot of animal cunning, but he's not smart. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, we get that great that great song, which may or may not be talking about um, <laughs> certain attributes of Bill Sykes. But See, thankfully, we can tell what a great whorehouse this is because they sell fresh oysters there and i bet they're really fresh <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure they're perfectly safe and they have a big thing of chestnuts roasting outside or yeah. excuse me bullseyes oh is that why they call the dog bullseye i think so i, no, I think it's because it has a black spot on its eye oh i thought it was because that's what it left behind <laughs> <laughs> it could be so, it could be yeah then we get that song i'd do anything which I think is adorable. And that's when Nancy comes to uh, yeah. visit the boys in Fagan, yeah. Fagan's lair. And then, and, and then she and her friend can-can so that these prepubescent <laughs> guys can see the, her legs. Yeah, that's, and uh, uh, um, yeah. the bit where they form a human carriage. 
Yeah, I'd say that's right, not these weird. Kids know what horses look like because well, they're 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 posing like they're meerkats. <laughs> the, the whole. The staging in this movie is really weird. Mm. And that's one of them. When they forward the carriage and the boys are the horses, and it's just like, what is going on here? Um, Very imaginative. It is imaginative, but it's weird. And I'm also betting that that's one of the the scenes, one of the songs, where the, how many was it? 84? 84. 84 young men were... um, very difficult to rein in because it just feels like yeah okay it's way it's very disciplined sequence and i i he must have used a bullwhip and a cattle prod yeah or you know we're gonna hold back their rations of rum um (laughs) i the one moment in that song i just love is fagin is off in the corner you know doing his accounting and obviously getting more and more irritated and you expect that he's going to explode and yell at them to be quiet and instead he dances in and joins in yeah and I think that's adorable. Sadly, this is one of the areas where Oliver's overdubbing is at its worst. Yeah. Um, yeah when he, when he did Where clear. is Love, it's like, oh, they just had him sing it later. Okay. But this one, it's like, oh, it's a young woman. Like, when they yeah. said daughter, I bet she was like 20. I mean, it's yeah. really just not well, a child. I, I don't know how old she was. But it's it's a fun sequence. It's also, again, one of those sequences where you go, I wish I hadn't read the book. Mm. Because... Nancy's a character in the book, and there is it's never stated, but you know, Fagin uses different things to control the boys. You know, he feeds them, he keeps a lot of them drunk. <laughs> well, and the there's wrong, a man. suggestion that the Legend. older boys, Nancy is kind of the reward. It's just hinted at. Okay. I, yeah. Mm, you said that that's in the book, but not in the... Yeah, it's not okay. in the movie, and it's not even hinted at in the movie, but if you've read the book... <laughs> the whole sequence is a little oh, I feel weird okay that's yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> right so right after that we get another song which uh, we don't realize is leading to an intermission but it's be back soon right but it, which, is a lot, which is again a lot of fun he's sending the boys on their way you know singing how much you'll miss them but you know don't come back empty handed yeah but it's also it slows things down and reminds us of the glacial pace of this movie because it is we don't get a lot done and then there's an intermission it's like oh dear gods (laughs) now to be fair i inflicted an intermission on everybody last week um although i think the the intermission for uh chitty chitty bang bang because it actually had its own song went on far longer than the one at least when i watched oliver Uh, i think they were very very kind and they they cut it down but um, there's an intermission which you could go out and buy your your chalk houses or your, your albatross <laughs> or whatever. Yep. Uh, but then we come back to Act Two or what's known as the nicer parts of Great Expectations. <laughs> Cause Actually, before the intermission uh, is was? where Oliver is accused of a crime. Oh yeah, right. Uh, yeah, uh, Dodger lifts the wallet off of uh, this this uh, aristocratic gentleman, Mister Brownlow. And Oliver is chased around the city because they think he took it because he just happens to be standing there. Because he was dumb enough not to move. Yeah, he yeah. didn't run, idiot. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Mr. Brownlow feels really bad because Oliver, you know, they take put him on trial. And the judge is, I believe that's Magistrate Fang from the book. <laughs> yes. Are you sure it's not Biggles? Fang? I think it's no, Biggles. <laughs> it's Fang. And he's in the book, he's not supposed to be funny. He's supposed to be horrible. Yeah. He's supposed to be this, you know, Dickens condemnation of the legal system in the way, because he does. He says, all right, yeah, three months hard labor because you happen to be here. And Brownlow says, that's ridiculous. I'm not pressing charges. And 
I'm going to take this unwashed, possibly thieving orphan boy into my house. It's like, what? Yeah. And, and the, we're, we're aimed we get, right towards one of those Dickensian coincidences. One of the biggest one in the in the movie. It, Not one. Yeah. The, there's more in the book. They leave a lot of them out. I give them credit for that. That's fine. And then, you know, basically Oliver is put to bed and we get the intermission. When he wakes up, now he's at, wow, look at this nice lighting. The walls are clean. Now he's a gentleman. <laughs> yes, he's in a gentleman's house. Again, this guy isn't like a lord or something, but he's very clearly, he's got money. Yep. He's one, And uh, he goes out onto the balcony and I, I gotta say, I liked this sequence so much more now than I did when I was a kid because they have the people walking through the streets, <laughs> singing their wares, which they used to do in London and in New York. People would sing, you know, fresh fruit, chairs to men, old exactly. chairs to men, any, mackerel, any, fetch mackerel, any yep. old clothes, iron, any old iron, any old iron. Yeah, but. Um, but they didn't do it in first off quite so melodically or in close harmony. <laughs> I don't think there was dancing either. No, it's a gorgeous sequence where they blend all of these different uh, marketers' songs into this one, basically musical tapestry. And then, of course, he has to join or she has to join in. Yeah. <laughs> with who will who will buy this wonderful morning? Which yeah. I have to say, I still don't particularly enjoy. I love the buildup, but yeah. I'm not crazy about his part. Well, I'm not crazy, but I mean, it's a mix of depression and weirdness because it's like, who will buy my roses is like, please just do this and I might be able to eat today. It's yeah, like, oh, there's, okay. a lot of, there's a lot of that. <laughs> it's, but it's in the nice area of the movie. Like everything's scrubbed and the, the women have pushed on fresh clothes and bathed. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> the men have got nice top hats. and um, They can use a comb. So it's like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's. Yeah, and I don't like his part it's, either, who will buy this It feels like there should be something more. And maybe it's the performance, I don't know, but whatever. Yeah. Um, again, but it looks wonderful, and again, except for his part, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Then we find that, like, Bill is obsessed with getting Oliver back because he's afraid that he's going to narc on all of them. Which is About, hilarious because... Uh, he doesn't know anything! No, what is he going to tell Well, I know their names and where you can find them, but I honestly never saw anybody do anything except the two people who got me arrested... Yeah, um, and he's and not going to squeal it, on his buddy. Except and he doesn't know anything about Bill Sykes. He hasn't seen Bill do anything. No, and I want to say, too, um, except later when he's pressed into it, does Oliver actually steal anything? Nope. No, not I didn't think once. so. No. Except when Bill makes him try to open the front door, and even he, he screws that up. Yeah. This kid does not have a future as a crook. No, he's really awful. He's uh, bad at it. I can tell which he's worse, is his, his thieving or his singing. Um, yeah. And it's a, cl it's a close race. But then but uh, Nancy yep. sings this song called uh, He Needs as Me. As Long As He Needs Me, which is a beautiful song, but it's so uncomfortable because it is like the ballad of dis dysfunctional relationships. So she is singing about Bill. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> yeah. It is, it is an abusive relationship, which we oh, will see yeah. later. Cause, A yeah. lot of. We see it from the beginning. He's oh, horrible we, to her. We, we don't see him hit her just yet, but Not he yet, does. But, yeah. But that <laughs> lie, Bill, do you love me? Of course I do. We live together, don't we? Yeah, okay. Like, oh, yeah, that's convincing. Yeah, because this, this film just, you know, for all its brightness and singing and dancing, once you <laughs> remember, we're in a Dickens novel. So, yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah, they, they make this plot to go and uh, get 
Oliver back, although Nancy doesn't want to because she's like, look, he, he managed to get out of this, this hellhole we're in. Good for him. And B- Bill's like, no, 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 he's going to tell and like whatever. So they have to go and kidnap Oliver in pure Dickensian style, which yep. they don't have any dialogue for. It's literally, uh, he it. sent out on an errand, his, his new patron he's not really his father or anything but his patron says will you take these books back i guess it's a, a lending thing or whatever I'm and like, no they used to do that bookstores buying books was incredibly expensive so oh. books bookstores would rent them oh so yeah he's headed to the bookstore he stopped by a punch and judy show which if you've ever seen one is also really depressing and dark yeah very um, violent and then they go they go silent for reasons unknown but nancy tempts him away by crooking her finger and it's like hey don't we'll take you to the bookstore it's down this alley here and then bill throws a bag over him basically and yeah throw him in the back of a wagon so oliver's been out of fagin's grasp and into the bright sunlight for approximately 30 minutes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I don't mean movie then, time either. Um, and back he goes, and they so, take him back to Fagin. Yeah. And Fagin, is, his reaction is the same way. It's like, why? Why are you doing this? We, he's no harm. And Sykes is just obsessed with the idea that he'll squawk. And then Fagin sings a song that's not at all uh, meant to sound Jewish. Not at all. It, that's anyway. where the a- accent... This, oddly enough, is my favorite song in the movie, The reviewing the situation. It's hmm. such a great song, and it's so much fun... <laughs> But oh boy, does oh, it's not so, he's pretty much say yeah, pretty pretty much reciting the Torah while he's he's singing it. Such a thing it I is, should do, escape and leave the kids alone with my money. I should do this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is it's, at his prancing best. Like his tiptoeing is pretty amazing. Yeah, um, but yeah. yeah, he's basically trying to figure: should I just run? Should I get out of here and try to turn over a new leaf? And it's a fun song because he's every time he talks himself out of it. Yeah. And goes back, yeah. but then, yeah, then we are finally planted firmly in the what capital T, the big coincidence TM of the film because yep. our, our patron turn- looks at a painting on the wall of his niece and says, "Gosh, don't she don't she just look exactly like our young Oliver Watt?" <laughs> <laughs> and oh, as it turns out, we get some backstory. We get and Mr. and out- Mrs. Bumble coming out from the <laughs> orphanage and. Or the workhouse, and apparently he had a locket that has. Actually, oh, we, we don't know what's in it. We assume it's a picture of <laughs> the same woman, but they never say. But it, whatever it is, it proves that he's actually Mister Brownlow's. I guess what great nephew, great nephew, because yep. it yep. turns out that his mother was his niece. Oh, did and we mention we, a locket? Because we, the, yeah, we forgot the locket. Yeah, there's a locket. Yeah, yeah, that just there's, comes out of yeah. that comes out of left field. So it's now we find out that Oliver is secretly Bruce Wayne. And <laughs> oh, my, oh, good Lord. That's, well, we don't know how his parents died, but they could have been killed by a mugger. I bet he's going to avenge them. I bet he is. By he's... dressing like a bat. <laughs> Just saying. Anyway. <laughs> I'm Batman, old chap. So then the, the plots are trying to reconvene because um, Oliver obviously needs to get back to thomas wayne and um <laughs> bill meanwhile decides no 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 not only am i going to keep an eye on oliver i'm even though i know he's the worst thief i've ever met i'm going to make him help me on this yeah, break into entering. a house that i got to admit brill sykes is a friggin moron it's all right i want to keep this kid locked up and safe so i'm going to take him out by myself and let him loose in a house yes yeah but that's, of, also we, of, hmm? he's scary 
He is, he is an very idiot, scary. but he's really scary. He's ter- also yeah. in the middle of this. We get this weird um pa Polish uh, song. Oh, that's thing. that's later. That's after the burglary, and he's really pissed. I actually thought that was really cool. That was one of the few times you see a song that's part of the plot, because Nancy has gone goes to Mister Brownlow and says, "Look." Be on London Bridge because we're in England yeah. uh, at uh, midnight, and I'll bring Oliver to you because she's right. you know very fond of Oliver and doesn't she knows Sykes. I think on some level she knows Sykes is going to eventually convince himself to kill Oliver. Right, and so she wants to steal Oliver away, bring him to the bridge, <laughs> and give him to Mister Brownlow. And then she says this wonderful line that just shows, sadly, how incredibly naive she is or something she actually says careful now bill no violence yeah <laughs> it's like Sagan um, keeps saying that to him too but now Sagan mr is mr wolverine don't hurt anybody <laughs> yeah. yeah please don't take that huge crowbar and hurt anyone and and uh then he beats so, nancy well she, but also she uses the umpapa song yeah in the in the bar to get a big dance number going to distract bill it's actually it actually functions as part of the plot and she sneaks Oliver out and he goes after Oliver and she tries to stop him and yeah yep. he beats her to death. Yeah, which and, they don't and, it's funny cuz they don't there's a slight hint it's like is she actually no she never comes back so it's yeah, yeah she's probably dead. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not very gruesome but because it's sort of off camera it's still very disturbing. Yeah. And at this point, it's like, okay, that's it. Because even his dog is now afraid of him. Bullseye yeah. won't go near him. And in fact, leads the angry mob literally with torches after him. <laughs> in the steals. biggest act of Dickensian betrayal, it comes from Frank and Weenie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yes, he grabs Oliver as a hostage and he tries to escape. And of course, he eventually gets shot. And uh, Bill you know, Sykes poor. is dead. Poor Bill Sykes is dead. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, Fagan and the boys have escaped. Although Fagan loses his treasure. Yeah, he dumps it in the in the muck. And then and Fagan and Dodger sing their way into misery, and we barely end on a high note because all that happens is we see Oliver go back to. Yeah, it ends Thomas very Wayne. abruptly. It's yeah. just, he goes back to the back to Wayne Stately Wayne Manor. Yeah, and it's clearly being welcomed, and that's it. But yes, no, does, does, I think the ending, the touching ending is Dodger and Fagin, because Fagin's walking along going, maybe I should turn over a new leaf. You know, all my friends are, I don't have anybody, I'm all alone, I have no money, maybe I should try to be a better person. And then there's Dodger with a wallet, <laughs> which he stole from the mob, well, a guy in the mob who was watching <laughs> Bill's body. I love that moment, because Dodger's like, wow, that's horrible. Hey, that guy's wallet is just sticking out there. I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. it's It's so perfect. It fits the character. And he stops, and he pops out and says, you know, show, gives Fagin the wallet, <laughs> and, and, and basically says, you're a villain, you're a villain all the way. Yeah. And then it's like, great, we're going we're gonna to be a team, and, we're, and you just know they're going to rob all of London blind. I mean, it's just short of, of Fagin going, maybe I should be a better person, maybe I should, and then he and Dodger turning to the camera and just going together, nah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, there's literally like a, a kind of far away shot of Oliver going back into the house with Thomas Wayne, and <laughs> you're—I swear—it's like I wait for the for the the I don't know, the lens to start closing, and bleep, 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 that's all, folks, or well, that's Dickens or something. <laughs> that's that's our Oliver. And then yeah, they cut back to a reprise of uh, "Consider Yourself at Home" over the credits. Yeah, 
So, yeah, so um, I thought the ending's a bit abrupt. But. Yeah, it is a bit abrupt. Uh, anything else in your notes? We actually got through all of mine, and I had a lot. Now, I, like I said, the thing with Fagin and Dodger is so much nicer than in the book, where they both effectively die. Yeah. So uh, you have nothing. That's it. More. <laughs> now, Mister Bumble. <laughs> Holmes hates bumbling, no end. Um, so uh, we'll go on to the uh, wrap-up. Yeah. The Roundup. And the wrap-up. Max, hmm. did the movie um, hold up to your memory? Um, I, I got to say, I, li- I think I liked it better as a... I liked most of it better as a child. There are parts of it I like better now. Like what? Like, I, I really liked Fagin a lot better in this. I remember mm. when I was a kid, I wanted to see more of the kids. I wanted to see more of the Artful Dodger. Even as a kid, I didn't like Oliver that much. I thought he was dull. But <laughs> uh, but Dodger, Dodger is great, and I wanted to see him do stuff. I wanted to see more of his pickpocketing and more of his clever schemes and stuff. And we don't see enough of that. But I didn't. But Fagin, most of the adults didn't interest me. And I thought Fagin is so much fun in this. And Ron Moody is great, and I, li- I like his voice, I like the way he dances, and the makeup, I admit, is absurd. Apparently, when Mark Lester, you know, the first time they met was on set and ready to go to work, but the first time Mark Lester saw Ron Moody out of his makeup, he didn't know who he was. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Because he doesn't look anything like that. <laughs> they did do the nose. Nose? And the hat. Just going to walk. Burn him anyway! <laughs> So what parts but, did you like better as a child? I think as a child, I, I loved the Consider Yourself at Home song a lot more. The thing is, now I've heard it so many different times in so many different versions. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't have the same freshness. Yeah. And like I say, I liked, I loved in all of Fagin's stuff. I loved all of his music. I loved his dancing. The dancing, when I was a kid, I wasn't interested in. I thought that was dull. I was like, come on. Oh, dancing. Stupid of anybody. Dancing. I wasn't into dance numbers as a kid. And now and i got to respect it. And I love the way that they... It isn't like in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, where everyone, in effect, stops what they're doing and starts dancing. They keep doing what they're doing, and they just incorporate <laughs> the dance into it. Like chopping meat. <laughs> yes, like chopping meat and washing bottles. And I think yeah. it's great. So what about you? What did you think of it? You'd never seen it, right? I have never seen this or the musical. I Again, I forgot or just somehow didn't know. I didn't know where Where Is Love comes from. And it's like, oh, uh, this song, right. Um, consider Yourself, I've certainly heard. It's a fun, upbeat song. Uh, certainly, Food Glorious Food, I've heard. I don't know why I didn't know it was from this, because <laughs> like, where else could it come from? Uh, um, and I'm trying to think if I knew any of the other songs. I don't think so. Um but I have to say, this is a weird show. Mm. The mix of musical, upbeat dancing, singing, and this horrible Dickens background is weird. Mm. Like it's I, no, no, th- it is. I'm not. This is not necessarily a condemnation of the film. It's just weird. I was not expecting. Like again, <laughs> I, it's kind of like parts of Meaning of Life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and there they actually are doing it on purpose it's like yeah. hey we're singing happy songs and we're in utter poverty to contrast those two things and here i don't i don't know that they're doing that um so it's yeah it wasn't what i was expecting um some of the performances are great like you said ron moody who of course later will end up becoming a an or uh in harry potter uh <laughs> right <laughs> right uh he does obviously has fun his his 
delicate tripping. I don't even call it tripping. I know it's it's sort of a dancing term, but his his prancing about, quite honestly, is weightless. Uh, the guy playing Bill Sykes, Oliver Reed, is really scary. Like this is a family film. Uh, mm. Maybe the whole film's rated G. He's not. He just menacing, like you said, looming. He does a great job. Um, the ki- I think Jack Wilde does fine. Um, he would later go on, sadly, to H.R. Puff and stuff. And his, if you look him up, his his life story is not particularly happy. But nope. he was a song and dance kid from the beginning. And you can tell the kid's been trained. He can dance. He can sing. Mm-hmm. He keeps his voice mostly pretty well. Yep. Um, the kid playing the lead is Mark, what's his name? Lester is just awful. There mm-hmm. are scenes, like the scene where he's marching down the street with his job with The Undertaker. The look on his face says absolutely nothing. Like, I can't tell what's going through that kid's head. It, maybe there isn't anything. Mm. I don't know why they picked him. Maybe it's literally his looks. Oh, he's a cute lo- young blonde kid. We want a cute young blonde kid. That Whatever. was probably it. I mean, but he's they just want someone terrible. to look good on the poster. Yeah, he's just terrible. Um, I, it's just mostly what it struck me is the weirdness. It's weird, <laughs> and it's oddly weird for th- something that's considered a family movie. Oh yeah, and uh, something I forgot to point out. Hey. 1968 apparently you and me have a thing for 1968 yeah this is the third film in a row from 1968 um the third third? chitty chitty bang bang and and yellow submarine oh right okay yeah so and all three of which were musicals uh sort of more or less so um so interesting these films are all current of their of their time so and this one won best picture you said so yes um, it did I mean, I can see why why either Yellow Submarine or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang didn't win Best Picture, but uh, yeah. I'm really interested to see what this was up against because weird, weird. But um, I think it's well made. You can ten million dollars all filmed on sets. Okay, now I know where the money went because I thought they literally just redressed things, and it's the uh, it, giant, giant, giant sets. And again, that scene at the end of um, Consider Yourself. Where they, so, they the scale back. is incredible. It is. It is, and it feels like real dirt. That's fake dirt, man. They did a great <laughs> job. So, yep. but that's yeah. imported so, fake dirt. Yep. I would say. Does here's the thing. Does do you think it holds up for today's audiences? Would today's audiences enjoy this, having never seen it? I think they would. I think there's enough spectacle, and the music is good enough. And we're so used to gritty stuff. I don't <laughs> think it would jar. I don't think Actually, it would upset you're people. Right. Come on. Compared to things like Rent or Moulin Rouge, this is just cheery by. Yeah, and if you're looking like some of the films that are up for Best Picture this year, like The Joker, which is a very dark film, I suppose suddenly singing and dancing in that wouldn't be all that big of a shock to people. So I'm worried about Hollywood. I think they're depressed (laughs) because, boy, do they have a lot of grim, dark films this year. And this is another one. But next week... Next week we change change gears a little bit with Mike's choice. What'd you pick for us, Mikey? So uh, I would... This is actually the film that that gave me the idea to do this series. Uh, It is a film that I have not seen since the 60s, or maybe early 70s. I might have seen it on TV sometime. Uh, And I was a little worried because initially I didn't know how I was going to watch it because it wasn't released, and it's never been officially released on DVD. Well, it turns out Warner Brothers has this service for some of their films where if you order it, they'll print one and send it to you. Which um, may be a comment on the uh, quality of this film. But uh, I can actually report to our listeners, if you would like to watch next week's film, you may do so at least on Amazon Prime if you have that. Next week's film is the um, little scene. 
mostly <laughs> unknown quote-unquote sequel to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It is, in fact, Captain Nemo in the Underwater City. Yes, and, that's right. Um, Captain Nemo here. Not, no, James Mason's not in it. <laughs> oh, it well, it and of course, uh, there's Kirk Douglas. He no, no, I don't. Right? Uh, I don't. I don't think they could afford Kirk uh, for that. Oh. But, uh, it has is Chuck Pete, Connors. You remember he, him? He's Peter Lorre. Does he show up? No. Uh, there might be someone uh. named Peter, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but, but the yes, rifleman's uh, in it? Uh, not. Uh, no. There's a submarine. <laughs> oh, okay. actually, there's two submarines. Ooh, and lots of little special effects. So next week. Captain Nemo and the Underwater City. I know you're all going to want to go take a deep dive <laughs> <with us. laughs> into a film that, as a child, remember, we're, we're talking, so I was probably five, uh, a, a film that, as a five-year-old, I thought was brilliant. <laughs> Wizard. Yes. So, um, lash us all with ginger beard and see us next yeah. week here on Max Mike Movies. Cheerio. Pip, pip. Max Mike Movies is a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench. <laughs>